0: Happy Friday, Mavericks. We have a great guest today. David Fresquez from CareSource is going to talk about in-home care. And before we do that, I kind of want to touch real quickly on, I hope everyone's doing well. Uh, as you can tell, my hair isn't. I need a haircut. It's been a little too long here since um, I've been out of you know in, in a public space. So hopefully I can get a haircut soon. But I also want to take a moment and just thank um, our sponsors. We've got some really great sponsors that have been... Um, they do a lot of great things for older adults. Assured Partners, fantastic when it comes to insurance and representing those providers that are taking care of our older adults. Heartland Pharmacy is a wonderful long-term care pharmacy that makes sure our residents are getting their medications, doing those med checks to make sure we don't have any, any issues going on. Fading Memories, which is a wonderful podcast about Alzheimer's. It is a first-hand account of a daughter talking about the challenges with her mother. And then Routinified. It is a mobile tech platform that is enabling oversight and care within the homes through tablets, through technologies. Make sure that you check those out. And as always, we want to give a big thank you to our our provider and our powering the show today, Serenity Engage, which is doing amazing things for our residents and their families through a HIPAA compliant app. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to Catherine Wells, our Chief Inspiration Maverick, who's going to start diving in a little more with David and the great story that he has of how he came to be a leader in in in-home care. And as always, Catherine, it's your show.
1: (laughs) It's my show. (laughs) Thanks, Francis. And it's good to see you, Francis, because we haven't actually seen you in a little while. Um, and I was lucky enough, since I am remote most of the time, I don't, I'm don't, i not going into long-term care facilities, I went and got my hair done. And believe me, I felt like a new woman. <laughs> um, so today we have a guest with us, David Fresquez from CareSource, and he is the founder of CareSource. So David, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Yep. Thank you. Yeah, and David reached out to us I think after seeing one of our shows and um shared a little bit about his story and I was just so impressed with that conversation David and I'm really excited to share your story and what you're doing there. Yeah. So first of all, tell us tell our audience where where you're coming from. What state mm-hmm. are you in?
2: Yep, so I'm in Santa Fe, New Mexico.
1: All right. And how are things down there right now?
2: They're great. I mean, everything just opened up a little bit more, uh, gyms, restaurants. So yeah, it's oh, not gyms. Yeah, gyms. Yeah, it's wow. not busy as usual, but it's getting to be a little bit more normal. You see more people you know, driving around, interacting, so.
1: Oh, that's great. I'm glad to hear that, a little more life. We, and I think we're all hungry for a little more life, especially okay. in senior care. Okay. So why don't you give our audience a little bit of, of your background?
2: Yeah, so long story short, uh, I was in grad school um, at Colorado State University of Pueblo and uh, going for my MBA. And just like every college student, you know, just broke living day by day and needed a place to work. So I literally walked across the street from where I was living in an apartment complex and walked into a skilled nursing facility, a uh, nursing home. And I had never been into a nursing home. I had no idea, no interaction, nothing. I just walked in and said, hey, I'll I'll do whatever it takes. And just had no, no clue, nothing. So by the graces of God, I did get a job there. Um, and my primary position was helping the residents do the bathing, the grooming, mobility assistance, and getting them, you know, from waking them up in the morning to getting them to breakfast, to lunch, to dinner. And as a 22-year-old, that was a major, huge experience for me because I didn't know necessarily about the elderly. I didn't know about, you know, life or death. And I just had no idea. Um, I'm embarrassed to say this, but when I was in the interview, I literally asked the people, I said, do people die here? And they looked at me like, this kid is like, he had no clue what you're getting into. It. But, um, but I, I fell in love with it. And fast forward uh, four to five years working in facilities, I did assisted, independent, and skilled nursing facilities. Um, one thing that I noticed that residents had in common were they missed home and they missed family. So I said, ah, that's the ticket. I can really get behind that. So I came back home to Santa Fe, New Mexico, and did exactly that. So we provide in home support for the elderly and we focus on activities of daily living. So bathing, grooming, mobility assistance, medication reminders, transportation, everything you need to stay at home. So we've been in business for six years and I've literally worked every single day, 24/7, for the last six years, obviously for a couple of reasons. One, it's entrepreneurship. So you're always kind of thinking about your staff, your clients, the industry. And then also, what's unique to senior care is just because the Broncos are playing on Sunday, just because it's a Friday night, um, our seniors, you know, our elderly are doing their thing. So we've got to make sure that we're responsible. Our staff's getting to where we need to go, and it's a twenty-four-seven thing. So um, that's kind of the nuts and bolts of it. So,
1: and I think you you is. recently passed a milestone in revenue, correct?
2: Correct. So this. Uh, our estimated number right now is we'll definitely hit over a million in sales. And I don't know, like, the industry average, but for me, I feel good about it. Um, also, you know, we're paying our caregivers above, obviously above minimum wage mm-hmm. and above what other, you know, other competitive agencies are paying their caregivers, which I'm very, very proud of. So our margins are smaller, but that's what makes the world go around because, you know, if it wasn't for our caregivers, we wouldn't have the company that we've built.
0: That's awesome. That's that's really cool. Yeah.
1: yeah, and very important. And hi, Josh. Thanks for watching. You're one of our regulars. We so appreciate you. So Josh is watching from Seattle, David. Oh, uh, and um, so I want to circle back on a few of the things that you said. When you and I spoke on the phone and and you covered it in your story, one of the things that really grabbed me was you said, I walked across the street to a long-term care community and said, how can I help? And I was 22 years old and knew nothing about it. That to me is just the heart of your story because it it shows entrepreneurship. Yes, you wanted to build a company, but you, you wanted to work. You wanted to give back. You wanted to see what this industry was all about. So were you, you said you were a graduate student. Did you say you were getting your MBA?
2: Correct. Okay.
1: So entrepreneurship, it has always been part of you, right? You, you've always wanted to start your own business. Mm -hmm. Um, so what are some of the things that you learned being a hands-on caregiver?
2: So definitely, you know, a couple of things that come to mind is just patience, right? Got to Mm -hmm. be very patient with our people. Um, And because most of our guys, you know, they're at the end of their life. So you've got to be very patient, very cordial. You've got to make sure that your energy is right when you walk into a room. You know, you've got to leave everything, you know, your outside world out the door and come into a setting where it's compassion, it's loving, it's caring. Um, People ask me, they say, well, what are the credentials for this? You know, do I need to be a certified nursing assistant, CNA? Um, You know, what what do I need to do? And I say, as long as you have love and patience, we can teach the rest. So those are the main you know, primary focus things, because obviously we're working with humans and we're working with humans when they're in a very vulnerable state. And when they're usually 100 percent dependent upon us arriving on time and doing what we need to do throughout that visit so that they pass away with peace. And that's very, very important stuff.
1: And and I would add to that so that they live with peace,
2: because yeah,
1: you're you're aiding them to live this chapter in their life, and I think that's beautiful. Um, And I hope I know we have some new caregivers who, some people who are new to the caregiving industry that watch Mm -hmm. our show. So I really hope that they they take that and the idea that. Uh, it's about having the two the love and there was something else you said
2: is love patience and caring
1: patience yeah. so um being able to leave your problems and anything that's bugging you outside the door each time each and every time you walk in somebody's door that's okay. hard to do do you How do you train your staff to do that
2: uh So what I do is I, it's not so much a training thing, but I like to hire people who are experienced in that field already. So you know, I'm hiring from people who want to transition kind of like I did from a nursing home setting or an assisted living setting where you're working with 20 to 25 people into more of an intimate setting of working with a one on one. So that's kind of how I do the training process, you know.
1: That makes sense. And yeah. so we should make that clear to our audience that um, there, there's the settings where it's like apartment-like or a skilled nursing community, and then there's home care. And right. what David's business care source is, is a home care business. So right. we should talk about what does home care mean? There is home care and there's home health. So can you describe the differences?
2: Yeah, exactly. So uh, typically, and I'll just give you a scenario. So Uh, Let's say my grandmother fell, she broke an arm, she's off to the hospital, right? And the discharge planners are usually going to send her home with a home health agency. So those are nurses, uh, skilled therapists, like PT, occupational therapy. Um, That's considered home health. That's usually covered through Medicare and Medicaid. And if she needs additional support, the discharge manager or the family will then contact a company like ours, which is non-medical in-home support for the elderly, which is um, private caregivers to then go into the home to support the additional hours that aren't already supported through home health.
1: Right, so home care can be done in the home and it can also be done at communities. It's wherever
2: it
0: is, right?
2: Exactly, and it's it's confusing with the language, but I hope that's a good description.
0: It's fantastic. Yeah, how, that's a great description. I think that's really key. Is the difference how long are the shifts typically? Are you do you do you know four hours to twenty four seven? What type of shifts are your you know your staff taking on? Yeah.
2: So it varies. It varies off need mainly, right? Um, one thing that's unique to us is that across the board through the industry they have minimums. So um, the bigger franchises they'll say, okay, well, usually what we do business is four to five hours, four to five times a week. Okay. Some people are sometimes turned off by that because they may not need that. Um, we're a little bit more flexible because we have that entrepreneurial spirit to say, okay, well, if you know your loved one needs two hours, we can accommodate. Because what I've seen, and that's kind of how I got started with it, is I got, I got a lot of just two hours, one hour persons there, but it was inevitable that they fell in love with our caregivers. So they had an instant companion, an instant friend and the family can rely on that caregiver to be there. And then it's inevitable that they needed more hours as they aged and as they got through the process. So we don't necessarily do those minimums. Um, mm-hmm. But to answer your question, we have people who are doing an hour and a half to 24 hours
0: oh, okay. of
2: yeah, it's based off need and just the time. Because again, if you're being discharged from a broken hip, um, maybe for a couple of weeks, you need 24 seven care. You rehab now. You're scaling back to you know eight hours a day. It's mm-hmm. very much variable based. So that's It's awesome. Just, yeah,
0: and I think too, it's the great part is you're enabling people to be at home, which I think all of us want that. Uh, and it sounds like you're you're helping them do that when at times they might be, you know, thinking, "Oh, my only option is a nursing home or something else." So that's a fantastic gift. So. That leads me to kind of this question is what are the benefits of in-home care besides obviously being in your home? And it sounds yeah, like you're getting more personalized care as well, too.
2: Yeah, agree. So um, I think just, again, off the cuff is like with assisted livings, memory care, you know, it's scheduled. Scheduled 830, 1130, 430, breakfast, lunch and dinner. That doesn't fit for everybody, especially with people who have, you know, some mild degree of memory loss. You know, so we're customizing each of our plans to meet the needs of that individual at that time. When they're in assisted living, they can progress to different moods, different lifestyles, and the assisted living is still going to accommodate them when they met them six months or a year down the road. When we're in their home, my caregivers are going to say, "Hey, Dave, you know, um, our client or you know, our yeah, you know, our client is needing additional care, right? Or they need less care." or they need this type of medication, or they need this type of food, or they need this type of exercise. So that's the benefit is just a customized game plan as you age.
1: I think you have a real competitive advantage with your ability to do a few hours or to customize Mm -hmm. the game plan the way that you have described it here. And it's for families who are listening, I really like the idea that you are able to do that and meet the needs of the individual rather than meet the needs of your business requirements which might say sure. has to be a minimum of four hours we started yeah. that way with my parents when they were aging at home and we brought a, a home care agency in uh, and it was a minimum of four hours and i want to ask you this question what do you do if somebody doesn't click with the older adult
2: yeah so like a caregiver match you yeah. mean Yeah, so we just get a new one.
1: And so how do you get the feedback from... Uh, Ask them. Yeah, I
2: ask my caregiver and ask my client, the client's family. And if the Cosmos aren't in the air, that it's a good fit, fit, we just send another person.
0: Okay, okay.
2: It's that simple. um,
0: It kind of sounds like, too, one of your big advantages is your communication. It sounds like you are communicating a lot with, the, the 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 patient the client, um, the family your staff I mean that's one that's what Catherine's big thing is her own, she's a big believer in communication and I am too and I think sometimes in this industry it's lacking so can you talk a little bit more about how you communicate with your staff your families your 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 clients
2: Yeah, so like this thing doesn't stop. <laughs> yeah, like, yep. you know it, I've already got a text and a missed call. It, <laughs> it does not stop. So, um, you know, it's again, it's just building those relationships with our people. You know, it's calling, it's texting anytime during the night. um, I have myself and my care coordinator, Delana. She's on top of it 24 7. Um, We've built a strategy where, you know, we have uh, Delana Monday through Friday overseeing the staff. We have our our weekend person in Ken. So you've basically got two people our families can call, or three, our families can call at any given time, which is our caregiver. Which is our care coordinator, which is the owner, and again, we, we just do this twenty four seven; it doesn't stop. So, um, you know, one thing that we're looking on the business side is seeing how we can obviously scale the business. Um, but again, I'm very cautious of that because it can't get too big too fast. So, um, for the people who are listening who want to get into this field um, and have that entrepreneurial spirit. Um, one rule of thumb that I've used is I've done, and this is kind of a secret is I've done no uh, marketing costs the whole six years. All it is, is word of mouth, me going into these facilities, talking to these discharge planners and having these types of conversations. All it is, is a business card, and you know, a small thing of our services. So zero marketing and uh, a million in sales. I mean, no other business can really do that unless you're very dedicated and you're communicating with your people day in and day out. So that's, it's yeah.
0: well said. I mean, that's, and I think what it sounds like is you're building trust. So you're marketing. Yes, you're not spending your marketing dollars on. Um, you're spending it on trust, building the relationship, building the trust.
2: That's right.
1: Yeah, so important. So uh, let's shift over to COVID. How has COVID? How have you responded to COVID?
2: Yeah. So, um, you know, we've done the obvious things of, you know, making sure that our caregivers are, you know, washing their hands before, during, and after their services. Right. Um, and we are technically emergency, you know, workers. So we need to continue with what we do every single day. Um, and you know, we're wearing masks, you know, that's, that's a requirement now is that all of our staff is wearing masks and, but I think COVID right now is still a little new, right? It's still just a few months in. So we're still kind of learning as we go as as we all do. However, I've seen that people are less prone to go into assisted living facilities now and they just wanna stay home longer. So perhaps in the future, we'll see that as a benefit um, that people just want, that's more of a strategy to stay home and stay away from more of a facility type environment.
1: Yeah, I think we're seeing some of that and I, it, it will be interesting. Nobody knows how it will play out. There have been some trends of people who are leaving some of the bigger communities and, and trying their kids trying to bring them back home. Who knows if that will last? It's all speculation. But That's I right. think the, the bottom line is that we all realize that there comes a time when we may need some very specific care and that there are options like this that are open and available. So I just have to commend you. You're a, a young, younger person, younger than me, so I can say that, um, who is in an industry serving older adults. And Francis and I love to see that because it's the fresh thinking and the fresh minds and the new ideas. And right. you, you really are, we like to bring innovators and mavericks on the show. And you really are, you exhibit both of those because you, you just said, I want to start a business. I'm going to go learn about this industry. I'm going to dive in and I'm going to create something unique and special to me. And, and in that creating something unique and special to your clients. So that's obviously the ultimate goal, right? So we'll, we'll wrap up here with our final question that we always ask people Mm -hmm. standing one year from today. What do you hope we've learned from all of this and, and bring forward with us?
2: Yeah. So I think one really novel idea um, that this is going to be basically our next phase of potential business is uh, what's called an age friendly community model. So what this means is that, you know, it's basically helping people of all ages stay in communities and neighborhoods that they love. That that's essentially it. And I think this model is trending. ARP has good models on age friendliness and I think that with now with COVID, right, people are saying, okay, now we can do Zoom calls. Now we can work from home, these types of things. So why can't we do in-home care support for our loved one? So I think from a year from now, these models that, um, you know, weren't so, you know, definite maybe 30, 40 years ago with home care, because the nursing home model took force, maybe in 2021, everybody's like, okay, yeah, like this makes a lot of sense. Having people stay at home in their neighborhoods in the communities that they love. So, I think that's what I hope we learn from you.
1: That's great. That's yep. We've talked about that as well. It's really wonderful. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, David, so if somebody wanted to get a hold of you and learn more about your business, how can they reach you?
2: Yeah. So, the caresource.life website uh, has all our credentials there and it has our office phone number. You'll connect to me or um, my office manager, Delana. We'll exchange numbers and then we're off to the races. Just call or text anytime, email. We're on it.
1: Well, we love what you're doing. Thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate talking to you and anyone out there in our audience. If you have questions, please reach out to David. It's a great, great thing. Great service he's offering.
0: Yes. Thanks David for all you do. And especially the the fresh creative perspective you're taking. I think it's, We're at a very positive tipping point is what I look at for our older adults right now. And now is the time to begin to reshape, reform an aging discussion about how we want to age. So I I applaud what you're doing.
2: Great, thank you both.
0: Thank
1: you, take care.
2: You too.